That spring, however, McCandless's sights were fixed unflinchingly on Alaska. He talked about the trip at every opportunity. He sought out experienced hunters around town and asked them for tips about stalking game, dressing animals, curing meat. Bora drove him to the Kmart in Mitchell to shop for some last pieces of gear. By mid-April, Westerberg was both shorthanded and very busy, so he asked McCandless to postpone his departure and work a week or two longer. McCandless wouldn't even consider it. Once Alex made up his mind about something, there was no changing it, Westerberg laments. I even offered to buy him a plane ticket to Fairbanks, which would have let him work an extra ten days and still get to Alaska by the end of April. But he said, no, I want to hitch north. Flying would be cheating. It would wreck the whole trip. Two nights before McCandless was scheduled to head north, Mary Westerberg, Wayne's mother, invited him to her house for dinner. My mom doesn't like a lot of my hired help, Westerberg says, and she wasn't real enthusiastic about meeting Alex either. But I kept bugging her, telling her, you gotta meet this kid, and so she finally had him over for supper. They hit it off immediately. The two of them talked nonstop for five hours. There was something fascinating about him, explains Mrs. Westerberg, seated at the polished walnut table where McCandless dined that night. Alex struck me as much older than twenty-four. Everything I said, he'd demand to know more about what I meant, about why I thought this way or that. He was hungry to learn about things. Unlike most of us, he was the sort of person who insisted on living out his beliefs. We talked for hours about books. There aren't that many people in Carthage who like to talk about books. He went on and on about Mark Twain. Gosh, he was fun to visit with. I didn't want the night to end. I was greatly looking forward to seeing him again this fall. I can't get him out of my mind. I keep picturing his face. He sat in the same chair you're sitting in now. Considering that I only spent a few hours in Alex's company, it amazes me how much I'm bothered by his death. On McCandless's final night in Carthage, he partied hard at the cabaret with Westerberg's crew. The Jack Daniels flowed freely. To everyone's surprise, McCandless sat down at the piano, which he'd never mentioned he knew how to play, and started pounding out honky-tonk country tunes, then ragtime, then Tony Bennett numbers. And he wasn't merely a drunk inflicting his delusions of talent on a captive audience. Alex, says Gail Bora, could really play. I mean, he was good. We were all blown away by it. On the morning of April 15th, everybody gathered at the elevator to see McCandless off. His pack was heavy. He had approximately $1,000 tucked in his boot, he left his journal and photo album with Westerberg for safekeeping and gave him the leather belt he'd made in the desert.